0: Tune in to On The Schmooze to listen as I ask deep questions to elicit untold stories about leadership and networking. And where can people subscribe? Find the show at ontheschmooze.com or on marketingpodcast.net, or just search for it wherever you get your podcasts. You heard them. Go subscribe. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy. Well, hello and welcome to Uncorking a Story. I'm your host, Mike Carlin. And today I'm excited to introduce you to an old friend of mine, Claudia Volkman. Claudia has spent her entire career in the publishing industry from her early days on the staff of a bi-monthly magazine and over eight years with a leading Christian publishing house working in special sales and product development. With 40 years of experience in acquisitions, product development, editing, and typesetting, she now loves assisting all types of clients with their editorial and typesetting needs. And she's also an author coach. A Chicago native, Claudia and her husband now reside in Southwest Florida, where it is a lot warmer than it is here in Connecticut, uh, with their two charming corgis. Welcome to Unquirking a Story, Claudia Volkman.
1: Hey, thanks, Mike. It is great to be here. It's just uh, really nice to to be reconnected with you.
0: Oh, nice to reconnect with you as well. Um, now, I always ask uh, my guests first question is always where does your story begin? And, and usually, you know, when I'm talking to authors, it's where does your story as an author begin? But but you're uh, not necessarily an author and in, in, in the seat you're sitting in now. You know, you're here talking uh, from an editor's point of view. So I'm curious, where does your story as an editor begin?
1: Well, so uh, it begins kind of, you've already sort of said, all my, you know, all, all my years in the publishing industry. Uh, and along the way, I have worked for several different publishers. I always d- did some freelance on the side. And I think right about... When you and I met, that's when I um, really started to develop some freelance clients and really always have that as something that I, I never wanted to have all my eggs in one basket. So, um, so my, I mean, my publishing story really started when I was pretty young I worked for my father-in-law who started a magazine. And uh, I learned a lot on that magazine about editing and about layout and design, and um, and that's when I went on from there to work for the Christian publisher, Tyndale House. Um, what was the then, uh,
0: What was the magazine? What was your father's magazine?
1: Uh, the magazine. So my father father-in-law was an entrepreneur and a businessman, entrepreneur. Um, he had been a professor at Wheaton College um, in in the Chicago area, and he. He had come, he got involved with a group, and this was a Christian group who had a special slant um, about the fact that um, the Holy Spirit and Christ lives in you. And he said, "Hey, someone should start a magazine. This would be really good, you know? And everyone was like, yeah, you know, But no one jumped up, so he decided to start a magazine. So he he, um, I mean, he was just really, industrious that way and um he made it available through funds his own funds and so there was never a subscription charge and we had that magazine for like 22 years which was really cool came out bi-monthly it was like 36 pages i think 32 36 pages and uh, all on topics of spirituality so um it was called union life and um Yeah, so that's where I learned. And then, um, uh, but my, my most recent story picks up at the end of 2018, where my last publishing job ended. And I decided, okay, now's the time to really do freelance full time. And then at the beginning of last year, I formed an LLC, and it's called Creative Editorial Solutions. And I moved into being less of a solopreneur and more of a agency model owner. So, um, I have some associate editors that work with me and that has just enabled me to, um, offer more to my clients and also to add book coaching. So, um, you touched on that a little, but
0: yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I want to, I want to dig into all that, but I'm curious, um, when you were a kid, I mean, was, were, were you, did you have a love of books? Did you have a love of reading? You know, what, what drew you to, um, you know, the field in the first place?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I am an only child and I loved books as a kid. I loved going to the library. I loved, um, but I also kind of had like a journalistic side. Like I, I, uh, created a little newsletter and, um, And I would just, you know, make it up stuff, but I've never actually been a published author. I've never, I've never really aspired to do that. I love coming alongside, of authors and just helping polish their material. Um, but yes, I think as a kid, loving books, reading a ton, um, all of that just really kind of shaped the way that I went.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I'm curious, you know, the um, a lot of people out there might be thinking, hey, you know, authors, you know, write books, they submit them and, and then all of a sudden they magically get published. But, you know, and I'm sure some people know that there are editors involved. Um, what in your mind, what is the role of an editor um, in in the publishing process and, and, and why are editors so important in the publishing process?
1: Yeah, th- um, everybody needs an editor, I think, because. Uh, If I wrote a book, I would need an editor. So the publishing process, like right in the beginning, um, an editor can be very helpful if you're not quite sure how to go about putting your content together. And especially in the nonfiction realm, I think. Um, Fiction, you might have a pretty good idea of where you wanna go with your story. Um, It would be fun sometime to learn more about your process. but in, you know, a lot of times um, I work with a lot of speakers, entrepreneurs um, who they have a message and they, they want to put it in book form, but they really don't know how to go about it and they're busy. So an editor can really help in those early stages of the book, helping to organize the material and make sure that it, um, the message is clear and, and that it's hitting the intended audience. Um, and then. Later in the process, um, just, you know, to have a, be, have a manuscript be copy edited is huge. And I think that's a lot of what I did when I worked with you on some of your early books, yeah. just really making sure that the grammar is correct and, you know, the punctuation and all of that, but also that there's a good flow to the sentences and, um, and that it stays in your voice, you know, that it, it maintains your tone throughout. So, and then the last stage of the editorial work would be once the book is ready to go to the printer, before it's ready to go to the printer, to really have um, a good proofreader look at it and and pick up any typos or weird formatting things that happen. (laughs) So,
0: Yeah, it always amazes me that no matter how much uh, uh, something has been reviewed, um, you know, in terms of being read. Um, you know, after after the proofreading process, after it goes through a copy in line edit, there are still, I mean, every now and then I'll have somebody call me and be like, hey, you know, on page 34, um, you know you have a typo there, and it's usually my mom. because um, <laughs> she could spot things like, you know she could say, hey, poor grammar, forget about it. You, that, that sign in the back in the background, I'm silently connecting uh, correcting your grammar. That is my mother, although she doesn't <laughs> silently correct anything. She, makes it very well known when, um, when there's an incorrect word or punctuation. Um, but it's amazing. Like, you know, I think it, it speaks to the fact that we're all human beings. Um, I, I can't spot my own typos and even sometimes after the proofreading process, um, you know, it's, uh, sometimes things just kind of get through. And I see that in, in, you know, uh, novels from, from the big time authors I read. I mean, it's, uh, absolutely.
1: You
0: know, it happens. Yeah it yeah. happens. Um, so, you know, authors uh, in terms of advice for working with editors, what, what would, you know, what would you say? Um,
1: well, you know, in a, in a perfect world, like you would maybe work with an agent and your book might be picked up by Random House or whatever, HarperCollins, um, and then you would be assigned an editor. But especially these days, um, a lot of people are going the self-publishing route or working with hybrid publishers. And so um, an editor becomes more of something that the author needs to um, connect with Mm -hmm. on their own. And so, yeah, um, so I think having an an editor early in the process, as early in the process as you can is a great idea because Then, even if you were to submit your manuscript to a traditional publisher, it would be cleaned up, you know, the publisher wouldn't be like, oh, this writing is, you know, really amateurish. They would, you know, would already have a certain amount of polish. So, um, and I think there's many editors out there and it's, I know for me, a lot of my clients have come through word of mouth, just building my network, you know, talking to people. because it can be hard, you know, to find the right editor. It can be kind of scary out there and the right publisher too. Right. Because there's, there's some bad ones out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what I'm curious about is if you go the traditional publishing route and you're fortunate enough to find a literary agent, um, which is not an easy task, no. uh, you know, just having I so know. many authors on this program, it's, it's one of the hardest things to do. And you need a, a strong stomach just to, to, to handle all the rejection that it's about to come your way. Um, if you go that way, and they, they help sell your story to a large publishing house, you know, this problem is pretty much solved for you. But so, as you point out, um, between hybrid publishing and independent publishing, you know authors um, kind of are doing a lot of it on their own. And I think one of the big mistakes they make is thinking that you know they can just be their own editor. Um, and you know, I think people, you know, editing to me, you know you really need an outside voice because number one, you don't know what you don't know. And number two, you're so close to this project that, you know, you might not be able to spot the opportunities for simplifying something um, or, or you just making sure that the story is coherent. So you almost need, and I, you know, having kind of grown up in the market research industry, I mean, this is kind of what I did for clients when we're testing new product concepts. It's, you know, having an objective view you know, versus someone who's created something to say hey is this good or is this not good I think of editors kind of the same way um, mm-hmm. having that outside perspective
1: definitely definitely and I, I can't tell you how many clients have come to me and said well my book has been edited by you know two or three people and I'm sure it doesn't need much you know and then I will look at it and it'll be like well I don't know who edited it but no it needs some work yeah. and So um, you don't want to do it yourself. And you don't want to just hire or just um, ask your friend or your aunt or somebody unless unless they really do know. But sometimes also, um, I hate to say this, but even like, let's say they're an English teacher, they they might not have the right. um, They might know grammar and punctuation. But a lot of times it's, it's more than that. It's really looking at the flow and and making sure that the content reads compellingly and that, um, and things are concise, you know, and, and that whole thing about keeping it in an author's voice too is really important.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, for the aspiring authors out there who are, are going to go the independent route, how, what's your advice for, for finding an editor? I mean, I know it's probably not as simple as, going into Google and typing, <laughs> I need an editor for my book. Um, what's the best way to find a qualified editor? Because I, I'm sure, and just having kind of made my own mistakes in this industry for, for years, um, I'm sure there's a lot of sort of snake oil salesmen out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you find a, the, the right editor for your project?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, you could. I mean, if you Google that, a ton of editors would come up. And you, it, the word qualified is, is really the key. The key thing, um, it's kind of, it's kind of a, um, just kind of a, a thing that you have to really devote some time to. Um, one suggestion that I make and that I do often for new clients is, um, the author can ask the potential editor to do a sample edit, because um, uh, a sample edit will show the the uh author that they um that they you know if it's a good fit for them or not so um i love to do that because it also tells me if that author would be a good fit for me right
0: right yeah it's a two-way street right i mean you you Mm -hmm. want to make sure that um not only are you a good fit for the author, but that the author' is a good fit for for the stuff that that interests you or you know you know your your skill set um,
1: yeah, and it also you really want to show um, a potential editor at least a sample of your manuscript. Maybe you don't have the whole thing written, but at least a chapter or two because that will help the editor uh, discern what level of editing you need.
0: right. Right, yeah. How much? How much content needs to be? And actually, something that I've learned over the years is, you know, to always do a content edit first. It's okay; the dogs are fine. Um,
1: (laughs) My husband was yelling at me in the background, and the dogs.
0: This is this is real life, Claudia. <laughs> but what something I found over the years is to always start with a content edit before going into you know a line edit because I want to know if if during the line edit, you know, the feedback comes back and, and says, Hey, you really gotta figure out you know the second act because it's all over the place. You know, having having a line edit at that point does me no good because I have to do so much in terms of rewriting. So I always say, you know, I need I need the content edit first then work through all of that. And then when that's ready, okay, now we're gonna go into sort of the, the copy editing or the or the line editing.
1: That's right. Um, and that first high level look is called developmental editing and that is really crucial. So um, uh, yeah, you're right. You don't wanna waste money having something, you know, having the grammar corrected if there's something wrong with the organization yeah. of the material, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. So I know that you're you're kind of um, in addition to the uh, editorial services, you're an author coach. What does it mean to be an author coach and, and to coach authors?
1: Well, for me, it it is helping authors right at the beginning of the process. So a lot of times they know what they want to share, but their material isn't organized and they have no idea, you know, what should they do next? So it's working with them, first of all, to really put together an outline and to make sure that the outline is, um, that it's a detailed outline so that they know, let's say, and it could change, but it's it's kind of the roadmap at the beginning of the process. So they could have maybe 10 chapters. And then you would, I would work with them to decide what are each of those chapters going to cover? Um, what's the premise of that chapter and, um, and then once they have that, they can start working on the individual chapters. Right. So um, that's what the coaching entails. And then once it's kind of getting them to where they can write the, the first draft of their manuscript.
0: Right. Now, are you primarily focusing on uh, nonfiction authors at, at this point in time, or does this work for fiction as well?
1: Um, you know, the coach. Coaching, I think, works best with the um, nonfiction title, you know, authors that I've worked with. Um, but fiction, I do do some, a lot of fiction editing, too, you know, but that's more at the um, next stage, the line yeah. edit, the content in line edit.
0: Yeah, I imagine, I mean, with with um, independent publishing becoming more and more, I'd call it mainstream. Not that it wasn't mainstream, but I think it's more and more acceptable. Um, now and you know, entre- entrepreneurs, um, you know, wanting to to use kind of publishing as a as a way to kind of launch uh, launch a business or sort of establish credibility in a business or show that they're you know a subject matter expert in something. The need for you know an author coach in nonfiction is, is probably I mean you're probably hitting it you know kind of at the greatest time to to, to hit it
1: yeah it seems to be that way that's right you know because a lot of um entrepreneurs and speakers they books are a nice calling card you know it's kind of like their their business card these days you know it does give them credibility and they can use it at their if they do speaking events or business retreats or whatever
0: right um all right so uh we've established that you're a fantastic editor um and a coach but i've got some questions for you i got some hot seat questions for you all right so i'm going to ask that you just let your gut kind of decide the answer to these don't dwell on them too too much there's no wrong answers here um here we go uh so now put your editing hat on for a second um how do you feel when you're about to open a fresh manuscript from a new client
1: oh i love that feeling i i really love that feeling you know sometimes it's kind of like three quarters of the way into it, you're like, ah, you know, it kind of gets uh, a little bit, I don't know, but w- to open a fresh manuscript and just be able to start out with a new author like that is great. I feel yeah. excited.
0: Yeah, good. when I when I asked this question of authors, I rephrased it a little bit, which is you know, how do you feel when you're looking at a blank page? Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I often find that people say that they're excited about it. You know, they're excited about the prospects of, of what's to come. Mm-hmm. Um, but I imagine that, you know, sometimes you, you kind of go through a manuscript and you're like, Ooh, this, this needs a lot of help in, in those situations. Do you feel like, you know, is, is that a positive because now, you know, like where you can add value or, um, you know, kind of, what, what's it like when you are looking at something that, you know, is just not ready yet.
1: Um, so that's where it's really good to be able to look at it before you, you know, quote a price or something to uh, really sign a contract with a, with an author. Um, Sometimes an author, especially if they're now, you know, in your, not so much with fiction, but with nonfiction, if they are a a speaker or a business person, but they're not really, they, they haven't really aspired to be an author, but they have content, they have a message. A lot of times they will do the best they can, you know, and the manuscript will really be the best they can do. And then when I get it, and if I see that there's all kinds of issues that like almost every sentence needs to be tweaked or rewritten, that's what I like to call book doctoring. So it's it's not, uh, sometimes developmental editing might be saying, hey, you've got this and this whole, you need to work on that and send the thing back to the author, but book doctoring is more saying, okay, here's what needs to be fixed, and I'll fix it, so.
0: Got it. All right, question number two, what lesson about the publishing industry do you feel like you had to learn the hard way?
1: Oh, wow. Um, well, editors aren't perfect, so I think that um, a hard lesson probably a reality lesson is when I have missed something in, like in a proofreading stage and then you know the, the book is in print and then there's an error um that that's a tough lesson to learn you know but but then you just have to realize it's not about perfection and um you just, uh, I've had to learn to slow down a little bit I can be kind of fast yeah too quick.
0: Right. It's not about perfection but just, you know, make sure my mother's not reading that book that has a type Yes. <laughs> um what's the best piece of advice? Question number 3. What's the best piece of advice you could give to an aspiring author?
1: Oh, I would say keep that dream alive and just do what you need to do to get your book written. Don't get don't get intimidated by the blank page. Don't get uh, halfway into it and think, oh, I'm just gonna set it aside. You know, a lot of people, they'll start a book and and when I connect with them, they'll say, this has been in the works for like 10 years. You know, it's been sitting around. So I would say, yeah, if you had that dream, do it. Make it happen.
0: Yeah, you just gotta start. And you just gotta start and, and kind of keep at it. And th- there will be times. When people, you know, either hit a wall or feel like, you know, they're suffering from imposter syndrome, and I hear that from, you know, very well published best selling authors that, you know, every now and then they 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 suffer from it too. But but what I often hear um, is that you just have to kind of keep at it every day. It's like a muscle you have to exercise. You just got to keep going and keep going. But but what happens when they hit a wall, though? Do you have any advice, you know, from from an editor's perspective when somebody yeah, does I, hit I a think- wall?
1: I do think that's where coaching can be really valuable because um, a coach can help you stay on track. They can help you set a schedule. Um, and when you hit a wall, they can encourage you and just you know, kind of talk you down from the ledge and, and give you some motivation to keep going.
0: All right. Number four, what do you wish most authors knew or understood better about editors?
1: I think um, that I wish that would that authors would know that an editor is your friend. It's like your best friend. It's your partner and collaborating a collaborator in getting your book published. I my last job was with a guy with a guy who has had best selling books published uh, from the big publishers, and he he would say often he'd say I hate editors. <laughs> I'd be like really, my clients love me, you know, they're, so I think that there, sometimes you think that an editor is going to come in and like, rewrite everything for you and take, strip out what you're trying to, you know, your style. Um, but no, I think that an editor is your friend.
0: You know, it's interesting, because I think, I think about, you know, the nuns who taught me, you know, in grammar school, and the red pens, and correcting grammar, <sighs> and you know, I think a lot of us um, have some, and not just because there were nuns, but, you know, had some scars from just having grammar corrected as kids and seeing that red pen come out. And, you know, you're kind of being graded on something. And I think, you know, sometimes authors think, okay, editors, this is what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to find all the mistakes. Um, but what I don't think people realize is how encouraging editors can be to the creative process. And that that's one thing that I hear from authors all the time is, what they need to fuel them is encouragement and editors can be a great source of encouragement, even while they're making some suggestions for how to make your, your manuscript better.
1: Right. Uh, You know, you don't want an editor who's only going to you know compliment you and praise you you want someone and I've got to learn this this is another tough lesson for me because I like being nice but you you do need someone to really point out if there's a flaw or if there's ways of strengthening what you want to say um to you know there's a lot of value in having that honest assessment
0: Yeah, I was I was working with um, with an author, um, helping him sort of kind of navigate through this process. First time author. And, you know, he got his book back from an editor and he was just like so deflated. And he's like, oh, they didn't like it. You know, But first of all, he sent her sent them like like 150,000 words or something like that. And I said, number one, you, you, there's too much here. It's a her first novel you know, in this genre. It's just too much. So they're doing their job by cutting a lot of the noise out. Um, But it is true. I mean, sometimes um, they, but he needed to hear it. That's the thing. He needed to hear that message and kind of embrace it. And sometimes they say, well, I'll I'll hear people say, well, they just don't get me. They don't understand what I'm trying to say. And I'm like, yeah, you got to think these are professionals. They know what the market's going to buy. They know what readers like, you know, you as a first time author, You know, might want to have a little bit more, I don't know if humility is the right word, but. um,
1: Uh, Certainly, you know, to be teachable and coachable.
0: Teachable. That's, that's a good, uh, that's a good way to put it. Teachable and Mm -hmm. coachable. All right. Curveball question. Uh, Name something about yourself that would surprise somebody you just met at a party.
1: Okay. Um, Well, it might surprise someone to know that I have my motorcycle license.
0: Well, there, I'm shocked to know that. (laughs) How long have you been riding motorcycles for?
1: Well, that, uh, I th- let me think, when did I get this? Um, I think it was right before I m- moved to Connecticut. So probably just uh, the year before I met you, Mike. And um, my husband always was, uh, had Harleys. And I I don't know, one t- I just decided I don't want to ride on the back of a Harley. I want to get my own. And um, I took the motorcycle course offered at the community college there, you know, and you could get your license right then, you know, mm-hmm. you didn't have to, you could do it on a, a smaller bike. Um, but I never I did have a Harley for a while. I did, but I I never really um did a ton of it. But I did it and I still have my license.
0: <laughs> what do you what do you like most about riding on a motorcycle?
1: Um you know what I like that feeling of just being in the open air. But to tell you the truth, I then uh, my next, my car that I got after that was um, a Mini Cooper convertible, and I really like that just as much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there, you, a bit safer too. Um, I think
1: so. Yeah. A bit
0: safer. Uh, all right, so that's that threw me for a loop. So uh, mission accomplished there. Um, what's, <laughs> number six. What's your favorite part of the editing process?
1: Um. I, gosh, I love, I just love working with words. So I, part of me loves the copy editing because I love being able to polish someone's words and, you know, yeah, make them grammatically correct and all that and work on the punctuation, but then to just have it flow better and sound better, to make the author sound better than before.
0: All right. Flip side of that question, of course, is what's your least favorite part of the editing process?
1: Hmm. What's my least hmm, of the editing process? Sometimes it's just the business side of things. <laughs> I just feel like sometimes just, uh, you know, maybe working with someone who doesn't, who's slow to pay or, you know, just trying <laughs> to figure out the best way to structure contracts, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Hunting, hunting clients down for payment is never fun.
1: No. Never it's just fun. Really isn't. Uh, and I'm, I'm good at it, but it's still not fun. <laughs> so it doesn't happen that often. You know, most mm. people are great.
0: Last one here. Um, I, I call this my Brad Paisley "Letter to Me" question because it was inspired by his song "Letter to Me," where he writes a letter to his younger self. Uh, what words of advice would you give your younger self?
1: Hmm. I would give my younger self the advice that if you have a dream, whether it's to write a book or start your own editorial services agency, to just do it. Don't wait. Don't think that, you know, you're too young. Don't think you're too old. Just uh, to really be in in touch with your dreams and then go for it.
0: All right. There you go. Um, so Claudia, if there is an author out there, aspiring author out there, who wants to get in touch with you, uh, either for your uh, editorial services or they're maybe they're looking for a coach, um, how can they find you?
1: So the very best way is to shoot me an email, and uh, my email, I could, I don't know if I can put it in the chat or you can, well, oh, you could just say it out loud. I'll say it out loud. It's it's C, and then my last name Volkman V like victor olkman at mac.com That's one of I the few
0: it. mac.com addresses left out there um, I, I have i still have my my mac.com address i will not give that yeah. up because it is a uh, you know it is a uh, they don't they don't make them anymore you know they went to me or icloud now and uh, i'm like no i'm keeping my mac.com because damn it i'm a proud apple you know member
1: me too. Me too. And if there is anyone out there who wants to contact me, um, I'd love to offer uh, 15 minutes of free coaching or if they have questions about publishing or the editorial process, I'd be happy to um, offer that.
0: All right. So see Volkman at Mac.com. Uh, take her up on that free 15 minutes of coaching. Uh, do you have a website um, yet uh, for, for the coaching business or?
1: I don't. And I need to do that. <laughs> I need right. to do that this year. So, yeah, I, I have managed um, it to, yeah, it's just on my list of things to do for this year. So.
0: <laughs> well, very good. Claudia, it was fun uh, catching up and talking to you. And I wish you all Absolutely. the best.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much.